bridge Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about an odd monkey, porn, pilots, massages, and Mormons. Let's get on with the show. I was on a different airline, and I like to... um, Ask the flight attendants if they have any famous stories, because each airline has its own famous passenger stories. And I didn't have my recorder out because I was sitting around a bunch of other passengers, and he's working. And I don't know, it just seemed a little weird. But he goes, oh, yeah, we have a famous story about a service monkey. And I was like, huh? service monkey. You know, I love monkeys. (laughs) I would love to see a service monkey. And he said, yeah. So this blind man gets on with his service monkey. Uh, The monkey is really good at his job. And then uh, it was time for the beverage service. So uh, the peanuts and the blind man said, oh, just give the bag of peanuts to my service monkey. And they're like, okay. And so then later on, they notice that the monkey is opened the peanut bag and he was licking the salt off of the peanuts before he gave it to his owner. Now, presumably, the blind man didn't know that his nuts were pre-licked. <laughs> I guess he thought they had non-salted nuts. And uh, the monkey looked as happy as all get out, licking off the salt and then handing each peanut to the blind man. And so the flight attendant on that flight was didn't know, you know, do you tell him that his nuts are pre-licked? And then she decided, nah, you know, it's not really any of my business. So this flight attendant was telling me this story that a long time ago, uh, they were ferrying a plane. And I haven't ferried a plane in a long time. It doesn't happen as much anymore. But they had been uh, had a mechanical, and then they got rerouted. And now they just need to get a plane back from point A to point B. So now they're ferrying it, which means uh, they're on the plane with no passengers. And that's always fun because you can do stuff you normally wouldn't do uh, because you don't have any passengers on board. That's when, like, um, I've told stories about people try to surf, which is dangerous, where you put a meal tray down and then on takeoff, you try to (laughs) surf to the back of the plane. But lots of times that ends badly. And uh, so they were ferrying and they were doing different things. And then they decided, let's play hide and seek. Now, that's a strange thing to do. I have never played hide-and-seek on the airplane. It's a big plane, you know? And so they were <laughs> they were having fun with the hide-and-seek, and then, you know, they got a little bored with that. You know, it's a kid's game. So then they decide, well, we'll watch a movie. And this is back when we had the overhead screen, um, and there was just one movie playing, and we had those old-fashioned headsets where they... Um, 
they kind of had a tube that went under your chin and then some passengers would always have it going up the other way. Anyway, they they put on the movie and they're all sitting in first class and like halfway through the movie somebody says, "Hey, where's Debbie?" And they're like, "Huh?" And they're like, "Oh, I haven't seen Debbie. Where did she, you know, did she decide to go to the sleep in the back or something?" And so then they decide, "Oh, we better we better go look." <laughs> Well, apparently, Debbie had been really uh, creative in her hiding for the hide-and-seek and and got in this cabinet in the back of the plane without realizing that it doesn't have a latch on the inside because there's never people on the inside of this cabinet, and she wasn't able to get out. So she had been banging and screaming for an hour while they were watching a movie in the front of the plane, and they hadn't heard her. Now, this traumatic for Debbie. They finally, first of all, then the crew couldn't find her anywhere. Then they hear this banging and screaming. They finally open the cabinet and here's Debbie. And she's like uh, crying. Her hair's wet from sweating. It was hot in there. And she'd been, she's like, I've been banging for an hour. Like, why are you like, your people are torturing me, but they weren't torturing her. They just didn't know she was back there screaming. <laughs> it's a case of hide and seek gone wrong. We were talking about that, um, that was how odd it was that they were playing hide and go seek <laughs> on the airplane. And uh, they were talking about they were watching the movie on that overhead screen that we used to have. It's interesting. Uh, a lot of times we'll do this because you forget things change so fast that you forget how things used to be. So we were saying, oh, yeah, you know, that screen we had, it kind of had a projector in front of it mounted like on the ceiling. And it had like you could see the yellow, red and blue <laughs> colors that it made the projection and there was that funny flight attendant um we used to make the pa that we'll be showing a movie uh they you would say what the movie was because you only you only got the one movie and that one uh french speaker funny flight attendant this lady had said to her where's the movie theater because when she heard we're showing a movie she's picturing going to a movie theater on the plane like we have a section of the plane that's the movie theater and uh she goes oh it's by the pool (laughs) Okay, so we were talking about that weird overhead projector movie in the olden days. And so we also had on the 767, there was a screen mounted on the bulkhead at the front of the cabin, but the people in the back couldn't see it. It was too far to see. So we had this, my goodness, manual screen that we had to go and get. You know, it had a place where it was secured, so it wouldn't move on landing. And then there were there were pegs in it, and then there were holes in the overhead bins, and two of us, because we'd have to, one of us would carry it, and the other one would have to be on the other side, because you'd have to get that peg in the overhead bin, and then you'd have to, and it would, it would always take us, it was hard to, you'd have to work together to get this this screen but the funny thing about that screen it was it was a pain in the buttocks for us but the people you know people talk about good seats and bad seats well the people that were in those seats where the screen came down right in front of their face that was a bad seat and they had no idea they had a bad seat uh, it was before websites and everything and um they just be sitting there happy as a clam and then after takeoff here we come with this giant screen that we stick up right in front of <laughs> Her face. That was a weird. Out of flight. I was flying out of Orlando, and it was all 737s. And um, I was sitting in the back, and one of the flight attendants came to the back, and she said, "That man's watching porn." Oh yeah. And I was very like, appropriate. Yeah. 
So I, I oh, went in Orlando, there. where there's a lot of kids. Tons of kids. So I walked up there. He was in a middle seat. No, yeah, he was in a middle seat. So there was a man on either side of him. And I went, I went up to him. I said, sir, sir, we're a family carrier. You can't watch that on here. And he said, it's time. What? I asked him it was okay. I asked him it was okay. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not okay. Yeah, people can be walking by. Yeah. Well, ended up talking to him. Sorry, sorry, talking to him later. It was himself. He was watching. Oh. His new what release. Kind of narcissistic. And I said, your mother must be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. Hey, hey, hey. As I've mentioned before, we have these uh, bathroom tidy kits. Uh, and one of the items in there is a glove, a plastic glove, that goes all the way up to your shoulder so that you can, like, push the trash down. Because, um... Passengers don't want to touch the trash, so lots of times the trash is all piled up at the top. Anyway, but I like to blow up that said big glove. And uh, I was flying with a smart guy flight attendant, and I was having trouble with it staying um, erect. (laughs) And he's like, you should double it. And really, that really does help. So I had doubled up my glove, and I had blown it up. At one time when I was blowing it up, uh, somebody walked into the galley and was like, are you okay? They thought I was blowing into a bag like I was hyperventilating. And it's like, no, 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 I'm making a toy. Of course. What else would I be doing? <laughs> I surprise people. Anyway, I had blown up this big hand arm and I said, oh, sometimes I like to wake the pilots up because we, on this particular plane, they're in a first class seat with a, a blanket around it and you don't really want to it's dark in there you don't know what you're gonna touch so I put that big hand in there and it usually surprises them so I this other flight attendant a young girl was like oh I want to watch I want to watch so I go back to wake him up I put this giant blow-up hand he has no recognition of a strange thing coming in to wake him up a blow-up arm, which I'm sure he's never seen before. It was like a giant So then uh, we block off the bathroom for them so that uh, they can get in because they got to get back up to the cockpit to go back to work. So uh, we thought, well, since he must not have noticed, I guess he was sleeping. He didn't even notice it was a giant hand. So we decided to put it in the bathroom, you know, because any of you who ever been on a plane, you have never seen a giant blow-up hand arm in an airplane lavatory. I guarantee it. So uh, we put it in there. This pilot comes out. Uh, I'll have a coffee with cream. Nothing. No notice whatsoever. We're like, how can he not notice a giant blow-up hand? So now it's time for the next pilot to come out. He does the same thing. Nothing. Straight face. Uh, can I get a bottle of water? Nothing. Finally, the captain came out, who is someone I have flown with before, and he kind of knows my antics, and he came out holding it going, was this your doing? And I'm like, well, at least you noticed. It's kind of like, what kind of a dud of a pilot are these? My physical therapist was telling me a story that when she was in grad school, I didn't even realize that you can't, you can't get anything less than a B. And uh, so she's, she's very diligent, very hardworking. You know, you can just tell she's like a a type A achiever, you know. And so she said that um, she felt like she was coming down with something, a cold, and her mother had a Z-pack. So, um, you know, it's something you can take to, you know, not get the flu. So she took two of the pills from the opened Z-pack and then went to school. And now she's in class and uh, 
She's like staring at the light bulbs. Things are moving around. And her friends that sat next to her were like, are you okay? She's like, no, I am not okay. She said she just like blacked out after that. And she woke up out in the hall with her supervisor taking her blood pressure. And she was like, they ended up taking her. And he was like, we got to take you to urgent care. So they went to urgent care. They did a CAT scan. (laughs) And she said they couldn't find anything. And so they sent her home. And after she slept for a very long time, she woke up and sat straight up and thought, it wasn't a Z-Pack. It was Xanax. She took two Xanax. So she went to school drugged up. I was boarding a flight. Well, actually, before boarding, when uh, we're setting up the plane for the flight, putting out water bottles and setting up the ice, that kind of stuff, I was talking to this very nice gay flight attendant. And uh, we were just talking about, I just sort of notice things in life. And then I float it by other people to see if they think the same thing. And um, he's gay. And I said, you know, it's interesting to me. Well, first off, I work with a lot of gay men because we hire a lot of gay men. Uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's high. And uh, I like gay men. And (laughs) that's not surprising. But uh, I was saying to him, I said, you know, it's interesting when you talk about men and alpha beta, you know, like alpha is the leader and the beta is kind of the follower. And I was saying, it's interesting to me that a lot of gay men are alpha, even though that's sort of counterintuitive. And he's like, oh, yeah, seems to me like a good percentage, high percentage of gay men are alpha men, because I was kind of lamenting that there weren't enough alpha straight men. This is all, I'm not making any saying that, you know, gay men are alpha and straight men are beta. I'm not saying that. All I was saying, I was basically commenting on the high percentage of gay men who are alpha. Okay, so we had this whole conversation. That conversation's done. Now we're saying, hello, welcome aboard. Hi, hello, welcome on board. We're both standing there. And this mechanic comes up. He has to do something in the cockpit. So he's doing something in the cockpit and... He's obviously trying to flirt with me. And it was obvious to me and that uh, male flight attendant that he was trying to flirt. And um, he wasn't doing a very good job of it. Now he needs to get back out to the jetway, but all the passengers are coming on. And we're like, hello, hello. So um, he, he won't step out. You know, you're going to have to step out or else they're never going to let you go because they don't even know you're trying to get out. And I said to him, I said, hey, you're going to have to step out. And then you can get back out in the jetway. And he was kind of like, he didn't want to stay. You know, he was nervous. So (laughs) it wasn't that attractive that he couldn't, you know, step out into a line of people. So after he left and like there was a lull in the passengers, I said, uh, beta. And the gay guy goes, pussy. (laughs) Did he promise you the moon and the stars? So I'm in uh, Boise, Idaho. 32-hour layover, get in the first night late, next day, working out, first officer comes down, I'm working out, he goes, let's go get some beers, we go to this German uh, Hofbrau house, we're drinking, um, meet these two girls, they're like biker girls, so we we start drinking with them, but we pick up really early the next morning, so... He smokes, so he's like smoking, smoking, smoking. The two girls are there. It gets to be like 5 o'clock. Pickup's like at fairly early the next morning. It's already now 5 o'clock? At night, yeah. 
Oh, so, five at night, not in yeah, the morning. And okay. so now, All right. so he like, says, I need to go get more cigarettes. I just leave on my own and bail on him, leave him with the two girls. Next morning rolls around. He's not there at pickup. So I go down Minneapolis flight attendants, no, no FO, but I figure he's out smoking. So I walk around the, the hotel looking for him. He's not there. So we go back in, we call his room. Nobody answers, nobody answers. So I go up, I go up to his door. I go, I know which room he's in. He's right across the hallway. And, um, so I go up, I go, I'll just go check. And I go up and I bang on his door and this is priceless. He opens the door, he's down there naked and he goes, what? <laughs> I go, and I'm in my uniform. I'm like, are you coming to work today? He's like, oh shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> and uh, the two girls were there and then I, and I told him, I said, look dude, two 3.5s don't equal a seven. <laughs> it's still two 3.5s in bed with you there. It happened for him for sure. but. I was, I, I was, we were on our way back and I was going, dude, you realize you left those two girls in your room. So they're like ordering champagne. Probably, and yeah. Caviar and this and that and that and this, whatever. Tearing the place apart. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, click through. It doesn't cost you anymore. You can even bookmark it, and it supports the show, and I like to see what people buy. This past month, somebody bought The Shark That Walks on Land and other true tales of mysterious sea creatures interesting and a Galapagos girl. Love that. Love the Galapagos. And somebody bought my book of fiction, Marjo the Only, book three of the Targ collection, and uh, she reviewed it. Julianne. Thank you so much, Julianne. She wrote, I love this series. It's so fun to follow along with the characters to all the exotic destinations. This one in particular had some fantastic scenes from around the world. And the ending of this book? Wow. Oh, great. Thank you, Julianne. And thank you for going to my website, bettingthesky.com, for your Amazon purchases. A flight attendant was telling me that she was watching a British TV show about embarrassing moments. I don't know what it's called. Maybe most embarrassing moments. (laughs) But there was a flight attendant on this British TV show. And I love British TV, by the way. It's very sweet. Like there's a lot of nature shows. Uh, I don't really say that about other, other countries, but I like watching TV in England. Anyway, this British TV show about embarrassing moments, and this flight attendant said she was on the plane, she was working first class, and for whatever reason, she was wondering if she needed a uh, wax uh, down there. And uh, it was after the service, you know, it was like probably in the middle of the night. And so she went into the bathroom and she put a leg like up on the wall and she had a mirror and she's looking, you know, inspecting, seeing if she needs a wax. And the passenger opened the door <laughs> as she was showing her, uh, you know, private areas. And uh, he hurriedly shut the door uh, because... <laughs> I'm sure he was shocked, and then she had to serve him later. (laughs) Uh, You know, I have never taken a mirror into the airplane bathroom to inspect uh, my nether regions. Just doesn't seem, I don't know, appropriate. came from listener Robin, and it's from New Zealand History. Uh, I saw, uh, she sent me this Facebook post of this 
New Zealand Air flight attendant uh, and a pilot holding this tortoise. And the, the post said, we had the privilege of getting a very special passenger on board last weekend, Torty the Tortoise. Torty is over 100 years old and a veteran of World War I, calling New Zealand her home for 101 years. And then if you looked up a little bit, it said, um, in 1916, a female Greek tortoise, unimaginatively nicknamed Torty, came to New Zealand on board the hospital ship Marama. She even had war wounds, having been picked up by a member of the ship's crew after she had been run over by a gun carriage. Can't believe they got to have a... Uh, over a hundred year old tortoise on their flight. I want a tortoise on my flight. So you had somebody interesting on your flight? <laughs> so at one point I had Whitney Houston on my flight and I was actually regular and it was a, a, the lady flying purser was very inexperienced and she was thankful I was up here tag teaming with her. And well, how did she look? Is like when she looked good or? This, no, it was towards yeah. the end of her touring days, maybe uh, two years before she mm-hmm. passed. And she was going to do, she looked pretty rough. She was traveling with her cousin and a couple other entourage folks. And uh, the cousin was next to her up front and the rest were in the back. But she was at uh, one F and G or what on the 7-6. And I was the flight attendant right here in that section, so I was taking care of her. And she wouldn't, for some reason, there was a super junior crew, and for some reason I was regular and senior on that crew. And she wouldn't even look at anyone else. She, she almost wouldn't even acknowledge them. They were, she, but she, she they would, would like, you? she would with me. Huh. We had this contact, and we made eye contact. I guess maybe I wasn't afraid of her, or they knew, she knew that those people were like scurry from her, oh. you know? Like they were afraid to even offer her bread. It was ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> they were afraid to offer her bread. <laughs> but she did look. She looked kind of rough, and you know they knew who she was. Or anyway, so she was drinking cognac and taking pills, and she would like just move her food around the plate, not really, you know. Yeah. And then like you know tried to drink more cognac and have some hot tea during the flight, and I'm. And then at some point. At some point, she walked up in the galley with a handful of pills in her hand and said, you know, can I have a bottle of water? And I said, sure. And uh, anyway, next thing you know, she's going to the bathroom behind the cabin and blowing cigarette smoke down the toilet. So did the alarm go off? I guess, The alarm didn't go off. Somebody smelled it. And we had to... I had to ask her not to smoke again. And uh, anyway... Before you landing, had to scold Whitney Houston. I had to scold Whitney Houston. And before landing, she she stayed up all night. She never went to bed. She's going straight to an interview. I said, "Are you going to be able to rest? Are you going to, you know, have some time to decompose?" Oh no, they're busing us into London, and I have an interview with such and such, and then I'm singing tonight. And of course, I'm looking at her like, yeah, you're uh, "I think yeah. you need to be taking care of yourself." <laughs> I'll have another cognac, and can I have some hot tea? So same with breakfast. You give her the whole plate of breakfast. She wants the whole spiel, but she's only pushing the food around the plate table. And then we're landing, and they pull. She and the cousin are pulling out all these cosmetic bags. Well, you know, when you're already looking rough yeah. and you haven't been taking care of yourself, and you're you've mean. been up all night, yeah. and then you start putting makeup on top of makeup, it does not go very well, <laughs> right? And I, I see her over there with the powder and the cream, and the, she's holding the mirror, you know, with that sunlight coming in the yeah. the, the window. 
anyway, a, not a great I, lifestyle. Not a great lifestyle. Yeah. And, but you know, there was something sweet about her from the inside out. And when she got off the airplane, of course, I was up here sitting next to her section. So she she said something to the effect of, you know, you have a sweet soul, or thank you, Aww. thank you for taking watching out for me, or taking good care of me, or something like that. Just that like a real, nice. real yeah. nice. Thing she said to That's me. I nice. remember being touched by it. Yeah. And I remember thinking that she was lost. Like there was a part of her inside mm-hmm. that was super nice, but there was a part of her that, was, that lost. was lost. Yeah. That last story reminded me of uh, the time I had Whitney Houston's husband on the plane, Bobby Brown, the musician. And I believe he was still married to Whitney Houston when he was on my flight. It was an all night flight. And, um, I guess he couldn't sleep because once the whole plane went to sleep and it was just the flight attendants up, he basically came up to the galley and chatted. And he was actually, I don't know what my expectations were, but he was very charming. And I could see why Whitney Houston would fall for him. You know, they had all kind of problems, but he was definitely a charmer. And um, eventually, (laughs) there are three jump seats on that plane and uh, he was like, can I sit on the jump seat? Which you're not supposed to do. But the whole plane was asleep. So he sat in the middle of me and this other flight attendant. He let us listen to some new music he had. And uh, he was telling us about his childhood. I mean, we talked for hours. And he said that I had a black booty. I don't know if that's a compliment. But <laughs> apparently, I have a black booty. And uh At one point, this flight attendant who was flying as a passenger got up and went to the bathroom. And later on, when we were um, taking the bus that goes back to the employee parking lot, once we got back to Los Angeles, she said, "Uh, I must have really been sleeping because when I got up in the middle of the night, I could have sworn that you two were sitting on the jump seat with Bobby Brown. And we were like, yep, that was him. Me and my black beauty. Me and my black booty. <laughs> We're sitting on the jump seat with Bobby Brown. This is the case of the missing flight attendant. So I was on a flight to Europe and, uh, you know, we have crew rest and uh, most of us set alarms. And then we also call up there. There's a PA, you know, and say like, time to get up, wakey, wakey, Um, rise and shine, that kind of thing. And uh, so now we're on the breakfast service and um, there's three classes of service on this plane. And the guy in the middle service, he's like, hey, where's Vanessa? I'm here by myself. I can't, I got like 48 passengers. You know, I need, where is she? And we're all like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) so uh this male flight attendant who i know very well um and uh i like him a lot he's very capable competent uh very funny and so um he goes up to look for her in the crew rest area and comes back and goes she's not there so then we figure okay well she must be in the bathroom so then here comes this guy back again the guy working by himself and he's like hey where is she where's Vanessa? i can't do this by myself i'm not gonna finish and so I go and tell the uh, purser, I'm like, we can't find her. And she's like, we looked in the bathrooms. She's not in the bathrooms. And it's like, well, where is she? So I say from my cart on the one aisle over to the competent uh, male flight attendant. I'm like, did you really look? And he looks at me because we know each other. And he goes, did I really look? Like, of course I looked. 
what are you talking about? You know, he does everything well. So uh, I was like, well, I'm going to go look. You know, we got to solve this case of the missing flight attendant. And uh, I go up there and I pull the curtain on every bunk and I say, Vanessa, 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 nothing. And I'm like, huh, where is she? And just then she comes out of a bunk and says, oh, am I the last one up? And I was like, where were you? And she goes, oh, I was curled up in a ball. Of bl- it looked like a ball of blankets. Like um, by the second break, uh, people have used the two blankets and sometimes they'll like smush them up in a corner. And she had headphones on, so she hadn't heard anything. And she was wrapped up in a tiny ball, uh, which looked like a ball of blankets in the crew rest area. So I can understand why uh, the guy flight didn't, didn't think she was up there because I didn't think she was up there. <laughs> dun, 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 the case of the missing flight didn't solved. I got a email from a listener named Mark about my story from the last episode where I was getting a massage and the masseuse farted two and a half times. And I thought that was so odd. And maybe, you know, he was just letting his freak flag fly, <laughs> letting the farts fly. <laughs> I didn't know if it was like a hippy dippy thing, you know, it's natural or if he was having issues, bowel issues. Anyway, this listener, Mark, said that maybe it was when he was squeezing the massage oil bottle. And you know what? That could possibly be it. Why? You know fart? <laughs> It's the summertime, and man, I've had a lot of obligations. I haven't had a lot of time to do the projects I like to do because I had a sister visiting, and then a brother visiting, and then a graduation in Florida. Then I had to meet a friend uh, in a city in the United States. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying that because I want you to try to guess what city. So I had flown to meet her, and uh, I'm in my hotel room, and I always turn the TV on, and I guess I turned it on to the local station, and um, I like to do it when I'm in other countries, too, so, you know, you get a feel of the place. So here I am in my hotel room, unpacking and things, getting ready to meet her, and uh, a local commercial comes on, and it said, Missionary Starter Kit. And I was kind of thinking, what's a missionary starter kit? Like, I thought it was something sexual. (laughs) I heard the word missionary, and I'm thinking, missionary starter kit. And then it said, yes, it comes with four suits, four shirts, and four washable ties. It was for Mormon missionaries. Missionary starter kit. I've never heard a missionary starter kit commercial. And, of course, that was in Salt Lake City. Oh, I got to tell you that about that. Uh, I saw the Book of Mormon, which I thought was extremely funny. I think religious people find it offensive. It is offensive, but it was, I thought it was really funny. And I happened to see it in London, sitting next to two older British women who did think it was funny, but they thought everything was a little confusing because they were like, are there a lot of Mormon people in the United States? Like they're picturing like a whole country full of Mormons. And then there's a whole song saying how like Salt Lake City's like the Shangri-La and it's like a city of gold and, you know, because they're trying to sell their Mormon thing, you know, the missionaries. And then these ladies at intermission, they were like, is Salt Lake City like the best place ever? Like they're buying (laughs) the offensive play. So, 
this was my first dead oh. person on a flight. So this was October after 9-11, and I'll start from scratch yeah. again. Yeah. And it was a group of older people. Yes. Seven days, Europe. Right. And you can see, you spend like yeah, one like day in each, bags. you know, matching bags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we noticed her in the gatehouse, and her husband was kind of like walking with her, and, you know, personally, I think she had a stroke oh. when she, I think they came from Prague or somewhere. This was Frankfurt yeah. to, um, to the States. And she died after dinner uh, in flight in the in flight and he came came to the back and I was over here and it was a, a new flight attendant with me she'd been flying for like three months and she was talking to him and she turned to me and she was like what what did he say and I said what do you need and he said I think my wife just died but I don't want to land it's literally what he said and uh, so we were like what you know right. <laughs> so but we went and we paged for a doctor and uh, she had she was deceased I mean she had already right. lost all her yes. you know bodily Fun functions yes. and all that and so then we had to move her and remember when we had the yes. crew seats yes. back yes. here so and a curtain. third break got cut short yeah and we kind of like I had her legs and we kind of moved her in the crew seat and they talked the captain left it up to the husband if he wanted to right. land or if he wanted to go on. Right. But they suggested to him to go on because it's very difficult to it's get. It's very difficult, yes, to a dead body transport. Out of, yeah, yes. yeah. So we went on. I added a new tier uh, on Patreon, and this is a tier I think you guys might like. It's um. Patreon is at www.patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Anyway, uh, what I came up with is uh, just this past month, somebody had um, signed up for Patreon to get a signed book, of my first book, for someone for their birthday. And I thought, you know, that's such a nice, you know, thoughtful thing to do for someone on their birthday. But you guys listen to me. So how about this tier is a personal audio message. So for somebody's birthday or anniversary or Christmas, or I can even be the voice on your voicemail. <laughs> because this radio show I, I mentioned before, I like, wait, wait, don't tell me. And they play a little game where somebody calls in and their prize is uh, somebody's voice on their voicemail, answering machine, whatever you have. And um, I kind of thought, you know, that would be kind of fun. This is what I was thinking of, you know, the people from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Like, I'd like to have Paula Poundstone <laughs> as the voice on my outgoing message. And then I thought, oh, I guess somebody might want me on there. <laughs> I was working a flight and uh, <laughs> we get on the jump seat. I'm flying with a very young, handsome, new flight attendant. who's very attractive, very nice, such a good work ethic, just a joy to work with. But we get um, in the air and uh, we're sitting on the jump seat at the bathrooms, very glamorous. And he said, I have to tell you something. And I was like, okay, I just met him. You know, and he goes, I listen to your podcast. <laughs> you know, what's so weird is I've had I think the last like four trips, people have 
listen to the podcast, which is kind of odd for me. I know you're saying, well, you put a podcast out there. You should expect people to listen. But I've been able to keep the world so separate for so long that it kind of feels like, I don't know, are more people listening now or what? This next story uh, is a video that listener George sent me. Thanks, George. And uh, it's a video of some a passenger took on the plane of a rather flamboyant flight attendant. On the back of the wall, there's a large one that says the word flush, and then it says the word press in English. So please push that button every single time, okay? Every single time. For some of you, push it twice. You know who you are. I'm not judging. Just do what you got to do. Afterwards, there's a sink with soap. That way you can wash your hands once you're finished that time of the year. <laughs> Ebola. Paper towels to dry your hands and a garbage can to throw it away. Pretty simple. But I've been here almost 20 years. It's not simple. These doors are also very quiet. If you just remember, twist the handle and gently close the door. There we go. Nice and quiet. There's some babies that need to sleep. So if you don't close the door like that, close it like that, the babies can't sleep. So remember, there we go. Do it for the children. Why? Because we are the world. We are the children. Gonna turn off the lights, the rest of them anyway. Above you see there's a green light air vent and a picture of a bum with a flight attendant on it. However, just recently we have been rated once again as the worst airline for customer service in the United States. So I wouldn't bother pushing that button. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. We're the best at the worst. Okay. And I'm all right with that. It's a lot easier being the worst. Because <laughs> if we were the best, I would have to act professional right now. And I just can't do that. No. Not in this temperature. <laughs> so anyways, let's just get that straight. Because I'm just here for the money. Okay. So if you guys have anything that helps to get some rest, if you have earplugs, put those in your ears. If you have a mask, go ahead and cover up your face. If you have something the doctor likes to give you, Lunacid, Trazodone, Percocet, Darvacet, Quaalude, Xanax, Clonopin, Vicodin, Codeine, Lorazepam, Adirax, Clonopin, Diazepam, Seroquin, Lithium, Quaaludes. That's just what I've taken today. Yeah. Go ahead and take that now. If you have extra, I always do. Uh, for once, your neighbor... Mom, you got some, right? <laughs> um, but if your neighbor is a child, come on now. You really need to think about yourself. Do a moral inventory. Or just do like my mom used to. She broke it in half and then gave it to me. And I was, I was okay. I always woke up. <laughs> okay, folks. Playtime is one hour and 30 minutes. Thank you for getting through the jungle with us. And let's be on our way now. Thank you. Spirit does not take cash, but I am not spirits. I take cash, okay? This flight attendant was telling me that uh, she had young children, and she decided to bring her husband and her kids on her layover, you know, if they're seats. So uh, they're in Europe on the layover, and the young child was like, Mommy? are you at work now? And she's like, well, yeah, sort of. And uh, the kid went, can I get a Sprite? (laughs) Well, 
that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.